1: Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Alexis Pereira program. I'm your host, Alexis Pereira. With me, as always, is my co-host, my partner, Alex Estrada. Please stop calling me that. (laughs) Folks, this weekend, this past weekend, I got a closer look at my my co-host in quarantine. He and I went and got a house together, upstate, upstate New York. We brought brought three of our girlfriends, I would say. (laughs) And uh, we had a lovely time. Did you have a lovely time, Alex?
2: I did. I did. Uh, I got to see a part of Alexis I'd never seen before, uh, and it shrinks. Can you believe it?
3: <laughs> his swimsuit, uh, the,
2: folks. I'm talking about his swimsuit,
1: folks. The water up there is very cold. <laughs> you know, interestingly enough, Alex and I were both stung by a wasp, and in fact, the same wasp. I got more of it than then. It <laughs> It stung me in the calf. Did it sting you in the ankle? Uh, yeah, it stung, it stung
2: me right at the, like, the base of my ankle, like, right above my heel. Uh, and, yeah, I've never seen uh, just the way that you reacted to it, too. Uh, it was uh, very, uh, very funny to watch. <laughs> in retrospect. Okay. I thought we'd have to carry you out.
1: Well, first of all, it hurt. It hurt. It, like somebody stabbed me. It hurt so bad. It was so <laughs> painful, and I tried to walk it off, and then I just couldn't. It was so so painful, and also I was the first one, so I got the most venom.
2: Yeah, just, it then, was just funny to me because you reacted the way like a kid gets to being stung by a bee, which as an adult we all know like sucks. But you know, you thought you. I think you honestly thought you were going to die.
1: Uh, <laughs> it was horrible pain. It was sincerely horrible pain. I can't. I have to express myself. I'm not one of those men who don't express themselves. Speaking about expressing themselves, we have a special guest on today. She is on Harold Knight uh, at UCB <laughs> Theater.
3: What, what? She the is on, former.
1: yes, Mod Night at UCB Theater. Um, you could see her at the Triple Crown.
3: Oh my god.
1: Uh, she uh, hosts a podcast called Second Best D&D It's a very funny podcast about Dungeons and Dragons. If you're white, uh, so you check that out. <laughs> I
3: mean, truly, we perpetuate and
1: stereotypes on the show. Heads absolutely, up. <laughs> and as we always say, stereotypes and generalizations and generalizations are often true. So, if, if they're accurate, they're okay to say. <laughs> who, why would many people say it if they didn't if they weren't true? Let's bring her on. Let's introduce her. Glow.
0: <laughs> hello, hello. Hi, funny. I know nothing about this podcast, but all I know is that if generalizations are, if stereotypes are generalizations, and that means that they're true, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. That is the first impression I'm getting. Did you guys really go away together?
1: We did. We did.
2: We, did. we went to uh, Cragsmoor, uh, New York, just outside of um, uh, Ellensville, which is close to New Paltz. Yeah. Uh, so, like, Alexis,
1: that's right. Uh, I,
0: Alexis I, I drove. A southern lady, and sometimes these northern names, I just don't get them.
1: <laughs> I Hey, even me, I'm from New York City, and I was shocked. I'm always shocked by what New York State has to offer because, it's first of all, it's <laughs> very big. And second it's of all, it's very nice. It's
0: big. Yeah, Is it's that? very big,
1: and it's nice. Yeah, it's pretty.
0: I'm turning 30 in August, and oh. I booked a trip. I don't know. My friends booked it because I said, I don't want to do this. I think i are going to... Pennsylvania, but like, oh. like just there's a lot, there's a lot that has to, there's a Pennsylvania lot. Pennsylvania is
2: beautiful. Are you yeah. going up to the uh, Poconos?
0: I think we're going to the Poconos.
2: Okay, check out Mount Airy's Casino Resort. Uh, fantastic <laughs> drinks.
0: <laughs> I don't, Hot
2: blackjack. I don't, All you have to bring is your love for everything. Open.
0: I don't know if it'll be open, but yeah, I'll do blackjacks at a casino. Why not?
1: Yeah. So, uh, this show. For the first time, is now on a podcast network. We have some good news. We are on the Authentic Podcast Network. Glow. Are, are you familiar with it? No. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> We've got a first fan. <laughs> and as such, they said that they would hopefully like to one day turn the show into a talk show if it if it takes off. If you listeners listen more. We have we have we're almost up to double digit listens per week. By the way, that's pretty good. Okay, that's and not nice. all of them are not all of them are after I threaten somebody to listen. <laughs> and uh, they said, Alexis, we would love for you if we're going to turn it a talk show to start opening your show with monologues. So I'm. May I start the show with a monologue? Is that would that be okay?
0: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, Fine by me as your co-host,
1: whose name is not on the program.
2: Perfect, perfect, perfect. That's
0: only
1: just in case we have to replace you. Okay. Now, here's the monologue. You can interrupt, but please don't uh, interrupt too much. Okay, here's my monologue. I bought Masterclass the other day. I've always wanted to learn about writing, directing, and comedy. In fact, it's a dream of mine to one day be funny. And I thought, well, we're all trapped in our homes like Pablo Escobar awaiting trial. Why not learn from the masters of their craft? I've only seen a few lessons and there's some good tips and advice, but some things annoy me. I'll give you an example. In Judd Apatow's masterclass, he passes on advice that he says got him to where he is today. And like I said, there's some good stuff in there. But he also says that when he was 20 years old, Gary Shandling hired him to write his jokes for the Emmys. When Judd presented his jokes to Gary, Gary did not like a single one, but he liked the research Judd did, and Gary was able to write different jokes for each premise. He liked Judd's research so much that he brought him to his manager and told him to hire Judd. Then Gary hired Judd to write for the Larry Sanders show. Judd had never directed anything before until one day Gary walked into the office and told him he's directing the next episode and he needs to learn how to direct. Would anybody ever do any of this for me? No. And that's because people think Latin men are all sex craze murderers, and as I always say, that's half right. <laughs> I got to, I said not to interrupt. Then I got to Ron Howard's master class.
0: You said to interrupt. You said to interrupt, and now we're, I'm going to interrupt more. Is go please. the
2: murder I'm, I'm, I'm still waiting for the punchline. <laughs> Is, it the
0: Is it the murder house? This
1: model looks so good, it's making three people laugh. Now, okay, here we go. <clears throat> I'm almost done. Then I got to Ron Howard's master class which is a little less insightful because it's all about directing big budget films. <laughs> I'm sh- I'm sure Taika Waititi could have used it. To- <laughs> this is so stupid. I'm sure.
0: <laughs> Don't interrupt yourself.
1: You're right. I'm sure Taika Waititi could have used it to direct Avengers, but the next project I work on that will cost over $1000 is my funeral. <laughs> <laughs> But a part of Ron's masterclass slapped me in the face, and I had to rewind it because I thought I was imagining it. He said, before you direct your first film, reach out to three friends and ask for advice. But then he tells us the three friends he calls, and they are, I shit you not, Sidney Lumet, Martin Scorsese, and Carl Reiner.
3: <laughs> this
1: is two types of privilege. Firstly, he's privileged enough to know three of the greatest directors of all times of all time (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we got the directors of goodfellas the verdict casino network dog day afternoon the jerk we could keep going the second privilege is having three friends (laughs) (laughs)
2: Do,
0: oh, I have th-
1: yi yi. <laughs>
2: Do I oh my
0: God. You
3: got
1: you got two right now and they're very soft. <laughs> Do I have three friends? No. I have one and a half friends at most. And I know they would never pick up the phone if I called them because again people think Latin men are sex-crazed murderers.
2: Also, who answers now- collect these days?
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have to edit that. I have to edit what you set out.
3: <laughs> it's messing up old. my monologue. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, <laughs> now I open it up to the panel. <laughs> Has anyone here seen a masterclass?
0: No, uh,
2: I've I've only seen the uh, advertisements and the uh, the parodies of a masterclass. They're parodies. <laughs> I think that's my, I what know. you
1: might have watched.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, my God.
1: The I so I do pick up stuff, but it's the funny part is like, for example, Ron Howard is like walking you through how to direct a big budget action scene. And you're watching like what are you talking about? He's like he's like, Oh, for these kind of shots you're gonna to wanna to have to uh, really rely on your second team. <laughs> so my second team? I don't know, the first team.
0: I'm gonna go grab some water, hold on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh my so, god, yeah, that's the kind of that's the kind of uh weird things I watch but again there is some good stuff in there like Judd does like have some good stuff tips about writing and Ron does have some good tips about like camera work the
2: the Ron thing is just so funny because it's like this class is aimed at like what like Bo Burnham like (laughs) Bo and you get your shot (laughs) when they when they tell you you're directing uh the next the flash you know these are the things to remember so you don't choke Oh, it's wild, uh, Alexis. You know, we're we're still talking about monologue. Are you still in the monologue right now? I'm not no, sure. No, 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 no. Okay, <laughs> just gonna. I was gonna say you're giving Jimmy Fallon a run. You're giving early uh, era Jimmy Fallon a run for his money.
0: It was answer. a story. I wasn't expecting a monologue that was like a full story. This was like a, There was like, this was like a, like a video essay almost that I <laughs> oh. experienced. You know what I'm saying? I'm this
1: is not sure if it's a compliment or just a comment. <laughs> <but>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, same. <laughs> I enjoy video essays. I watch a lot of them. Um, yeah. So maybe it's a compliment.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I would always. I would love to do more of those um, and and film them. But uh, yeah, that that is my my video monologue. I I, I like my monologues to be personal. Yeah. I don't, I don't like to do jokes like like you know news jokes. Oh, what's in the news today?
0: I don't know. You know what's really funny about that? Because maybe like one day when we're like super, all three of us are super rich and famous, right? We're like <laughs> Judd Apatows. We can be like, yeah, one day I had my friend Alex and Alexis on a podcast, <laughs> and people are going to be like, come on! Mm-hmm. Those people are brilliant! But Alexis?
2: Wonder- <laughs> Alexis from Little St. James? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the Alexis Pereira podcast is the uh, Epstein Express of 2050. <laughs> I'm calling it right now.
0: <laughs> They're going to they were all on his podcast. Yeah.
2: We there you listen. go. Can we, can we really elect Glow for President of the United States? She does have a, <laughs> she was on the podcast
0: she did. She went on an improv team with <laughs> Alexis.
2: Oh two, two of them hanged himself in prison. Can you believe? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. No, I the mean, cameras didn't
0: work. hired someone to kill Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> they,
1: they turned off the cameras because he kept doing monologues to them. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 Talking about his Ron Howard masterclass. I mean, the Judd Jet one is the is the fascinating one because it's like it's so many like. Lucky lucky breaks. Like he's a he's a very talented guy, no doubt. But um yeah, just like that, that thing in the beginning with uh, with Larry Sanders, just like wild.
0: I think, mm-hmm. I think what's crazy about Jed Apatow is now in retrospect, I think there was a shift in like two thousand nine when people were like, you know, movies can be anything. You can just like ramble onto a screen and it's a movie. So he like got to ride that wave. Uh, and I don't think if he were to start off now, he'd be Judd Apatow.
2: Oh, for sure. Now, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, uh,
0: but please, if you want to make one of my movies, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to pitch movies to you, Judd. But I, I think, uh, I think like there was like a white mediocrity phase where like a bunch of white people got famous just because they did it.
1: Well, because of who they knew, too, because they, a lot of them seem to know each other. Judd kicked off uh, Lena Dunham's career. Judd mm-hmm. helped uh, bring Crashing uh, to Oh, my the God. The, the indict- this is like the Hague of uh, Crimes Against Comedy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, <love>.
0: Crashing. <laughs> it, it,
1: uh, he also talks about in the uh, Masterclass that Crashing, the, uh, the plot of Crashing... Came out of an improv scene that he was doing with with the guy, there with was Pete Holmes. An improv, with Pete Holmes, he was doing an improv scene with Pete Holmes, where he was playing a manager who didn't who didn't care about the comedian who was pitching to him. And then he was like, "Pitch me a story." And Pete Holmes pitches him the story in the improv scene. And then later on, Pete goes, "By the way, I think that would be a great show what I just pitched to you." And Jed was like, "Okay, right." Oh it my up.
2: god! I think the the craziest part of that is two two men that later in their careers doing improv together <laughs> oh, <laughs> that
0: is the nightmare of it that is oh the nightmare god. of like of both i can't imagine pete holmes being a good improviser oh my god and i can't let me not let me not go into that this, this is ruining <laughs> our careers there we go think, <laughs> just two white men with all with sitting on their money <laughs> pitching ideas to each other and forcing an audience to fucking watch it and then subsequently making a TV show that is a crime against comedy yeah All I'd be, of I'd be, bad.
2: I'd be more impressive, it's like we were on a Fijian island and you know, Jed turns over to me <laughs> You know.
0: <laughs>
3: story, Pete.
2: <laughs> We're in the orgy bed, you know. He he climbs over Leslie and he
1: says <laughs> me Well, you know what's interesting though is be uh I- I'm working on writing pilots and this is the main reason why I got master class and it- they are inspiring me, but when I watch Crashing It goes against the advice I typically get, which is, well, there's a leap in logic there. That would never happen. Here's a leap in logic here. That doesn't happen. And then I would say, well, but it's funny. And they'd go, no, it's a leap in logic. And I don't care that it's funny. It has to be, like, make sense. And then in crashing, a guy bombs and mad TV's Artie Lang (laughs) decides (laughs) to make him his best friend. (laughs) All right. A leap in
0: logic. Uh, oh, wow. I sometimes watch comedy on TV and then get mad at all the money I gave UCP. Because <laughs> 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 I'm like, the amount of times I got the note, like, yeah, but that's not on game, when I'm like, but it's so funny. It's right. so funny. It should be said, but it's not on game. I When I saw it, I Think You Should Leave, I was just like, that's not... <laughs> all these moves would have been taken out. Let's yeah. shit talk. Are you of a mod?
1: <laughs> improv, improv is what uh uh poor people try to do to make it, and what rich people rich white people do to fuck around and not, and like get away from it
3: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and and we think that crossroads means that we're going the other way,
3: but we're not <laughs> we're not
1: they're just they're 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 leaving and they're not taking anybody with them
0: oh. oh my God, the amount of people I've met in improv that pretend to be poor
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Is, a crime again. This is a
1: common... We talk about this often this on this has come podcast. up like on the
2: previous eight podcasts as well. Yeah.
1: And, <laughs> and as I said, there was a point in my life where I said, if I buy a fucking beer for one more child of a fucking ambassador, I will throw myself <laughs> off a bridge be like, hey, man, I'm really broke today. Alright, here you go. And it's like, oh, by the way, my dad is the king of, ye- of Europe.
0: <laughs> but that's the thing. Poor people are taught to share. Poor people are taught to not, like... To to make sure everyone is comfortable, everyone feels safe, and rich people are taught that if someone asks you for something, they're jealous and they want your money. So those rich people come into improv classes and they talk about how poor they are, but they have more money than everyone there, and they accept gifts with like hands open, like oh yeah, give that to me, sure, give it to me, and they never extend it back. Everything is a a gift gift to them. them. Everything is a gift to them, and they want to sit here and like you know tweet about how broke they are, but then tweet about all the shit they buy, and you're like hold on. Hold on, but hold on. Let's let's take a step back. <laughs> let's take a step back because that's two different narratives right there. Yeah.
3: How do
1: you let's not te- work and have all that stuff? That's that's always my question. Yeah. How do you not work and have all that stuff?
3: <laughs> You're on and Facebook
1: like, an awful lot, God. yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's also about? like it's not even because I think broke people do spend money because it's like it's hard to you know like broke people can't have nice things. That's not what I'm saying. But broke people don't talk about being broke as much as you do. They just don't. Because it's embarrassing. And, like, actual poverty is uncomfortable. And people don't want to talk about it. People don't want to know what it's like to, like... Because I'll talk. i talk... This is supposed to be comedy. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I've gone through, like, the eviction process in New York City so many times. And, like, so a one-shot times. deal... Wow. I've got, yeah. I've, like, three times I've had to fucking deal with it. And... None of these rich people that talk about how poor they are have ever had to go to welfare and sit there for four hours until they call your name in the back and have like a tired Dominican woman who's just like, girl, you wrote this wrong and giving me attitude about it, oh, you know? Oh, no.
1: yeah, Billy. Were,
2: were you in. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: uh, so
2: Glow, were, were you in, just out of curiosity for evictions, were you in uh, Bronx or Kings or which uh, which courthouse?
0: Uh, I was in the. Manha- I live in Manhattan. Oh, okay. Um, so the one on, on Center Street.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, Center Street. Yeah,
1: yeah. I have s- been to.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, it's it's awful. <laughs> it's really awful.
2: <laughs> I should know. I was working for the landlords
3: <laughs> at the
0: oh, time. You quit, quit that. You quit I lasted,
2: that. I lasted six weeks. Uh, it's one of the only jobs I quit out of uh, conscience, uh, and I'm happy about that. But yeah, no, it's- that
1: yeah. Well, Alex, when you told me you worked, uh, you did counsel for landlords, like that for that brief second before you told me you quit, I was so furious. I was like, oh, Lord, I'm going I'm to kill this man. And then yeah. you're like, oh, and I quit. And I was like, oh. If,
0: thank God you quit because those people are evil. Those lawyers, they like talk to me like I'm so stupid. I've been spoken to like a complete moron in a way where I'm usually quick to like fight back, but in a way that it like completely like shut me down and shut me up that i couldn't even respond and i was just like wait what just happened As <laughs> like, yeah. i'm walking away slowly like holding my stack of checks like wait <laughs> <laughs> stack
1: of,
0: what the stack stack of what unwritten that? checks <laughs> uh, unwritten checks like post uh dated oh, Whatever. God. i think actual poverty is is really sad and uh a lot of people don't know what it is
1: well i think that the issue is most people consider prop uh, most people consider poverty to be not having enough money to do what you want when mm-hmm. poverty is actually barely having enough money to survive. And that is such a scary idea. They don't even think about that. That's just out of their total mind. So, like, there's this percentage of people who just don't exist to them, and then they believe that they are on the true bottom r- rung. So they say, yeah. hey, I, I'm in poverty.
0: And it's, it, but it, what they don't realize that what they're doing is that they're like – quantifying their poverty as real poverty and my poverty as I'm just a fucking lazy bitch who doesn't fucking get her shit together and I'm not saving correctly and they don't understand that they're setting judgment because they talk about themselves like oh we're the losers of this group but it's like actually so you are saying people that are poorer than you are more losers like what are you saying what kind of judgment are you putting on those people and like is this really an effective way to use your voice in this world as a privileged person you know, yeah, no, I agree. I, I think I think about a lot. So, yeah, also masterclass. It's like, who is this for? Are you actually doing this for people to like learn and get better, or are you doing this to like talk about your cool friends that you've known for thirty years? <laughs> yeah. like, that's insane. That's crazy.
1: I've I've been seeing that a lot, uh, and I I t- it's tough to say because I think I think a lot of these rich people talking about their cool friends and their cool life is a part of their personality now because of how you know how much they love it. But I do think other than the check, and I'm sure it's a big check, <laughs> other than the check. <laughs> they they the ones I've been watching, I do think they are they are happy to teach and they're long too. They're I, I think one of them is like like the Judd one is like almost 12 13 hours. Holy so he shit! you must have filmed that for a whole week, yeah. yeah. The only <laughs> the other the other thing though is I I uh, am an instructional designer by trade. I teach people how to teach, how to teach online classes, how to build them. And uh, the Production design is top-notch. Perfect. If you're listening, uh, Masterclass, your production design, and you know it, is fantastic. If we could get a professor to even come close, and we couldn't. It's impossible. So I think the production design is great. The other part of it where they try to give you workshops and worksheets and homework, terrible. Just (laughs) the the bottom rung. Not even close. For example, the Judd one, they say, okay, every episode... Write six minutes of your screenplay, and by the end of the Judd workshop, you'll have written a screenplay.
3: Wow. And he only starts talking
1: about how to write a screenplay in episode like eleven. Oh my! God. So it makes no set like. There's no buildup. There's no you, you you know you know what I mean. There's, there's
2: no foundation to it. It's yeah. just kind of like oh by the way you know, like this is you know that thing you've been working on this entire time here. you Some are.
1: intern brought it up oh like my oh God. maybe throw that in. I don't know. There's no pedagogy to it. There's there's just slick. Production design and a little bit of talking about how great they are, but there's no pedagogy or true educational ideas in there. No.
0: Have you watched the one who, what's her name? She does the um, <sighs> Grey's Anatomy woman, what's her name?
1: Oh, Ellen Pompeo. Oh, Shonda Rhimes?
0: Shonda Rhimes, isn't she a good masterclass? Yeah,
1: that's what I'm going to watch next.
0: Oh, okay. she, said, so she said, I guess I'll to the podcast. TV yeah <laughs> I listen to this episode I guess I heard it was good I um whenever I think about her I'm like I could never be on one of her television shows because she's uh, she says that it's written the way it's written and you have to say it that way and you can't change the words at all because she like she's like I spent a lot of time making sure these words were correct so you can't change any of them and I Notoriously, I'm terrible at memorizing, and she she would fire me day one. She'd just be like, "Get out of here! You don't know the words." Well, so. on TV,
2: it like it works so fast, though, right? I mean, they basically like you kind of show up, you get it, and then you uh, you fucking do it. You know, it's not like the theater or something where there's like you know there's all these rehearsals and like everything else. Uh, yeah, I hope she sure one day be on different. a TV show.
1: <laughs> After one episode, though. After an episode, she'd probably be like, hey, by the way, you did not say my words <laughs> you said, in the right order. The line is, here's your coffee, sir. <laughs>
0: hey, uh, just just like, no pressure. I've just noticed that in rehearsal, you've been saying this wrong. And just for the show, I want you to say it right. Mm-hmm. I've had that little talk a lot. No pressure, oh, just like letting you know. I don't want to you You sound up. <laughs> so
1: much like these people, it scares me. <laughs> That's exactly how they talk, because there are also people don't like conflict. Also, people know we're doing it for free. So it's there's so much going on that you just feel insane uh, uh, reaching out. However, uh, you know, I'm a writer as well. And I've always said that if you have a, a piece of the script that you need said a certain way, you need to work with the actor to explain why it has to come out that way. So yeah. if you have a line that says like, I need it to be in this order. You can just say, and the reason why is because it sets up this, or I like this, this sounds more clear, something like that. If you just say, these are the words I need it said like this, you just sound like you're cuckoo. So, You're
0: crazy. It says it there. Yeah. You have one job and it's memorize the
1: word. One job
0: and say it back. It's like, okay. Get on board, You'd We're doing, a,
3: <laughs> We're doing a master class. You'd be nothing without
0: actors. Writers don't even know. You'd be nothing without us. Without That's our strength right. and our and our glory and our majesty, we'd be, <laughs> we'd be nothing without us.
2: That's yeah. right. Like Truman Capote said, the actor is the writer's janissary. <laughs> he said that? <laughs> Really I said that. that. Uh, no, <laughs> you,
0: would, you would have accepted I don't know it. What yeah, it was. Is.
2: All right. Well, it's, it's a. I couldn't believe he said it. It was a, uh, a mercenary of the old Turkish infantry uh, that formed the Sultan's guards between the 14th and 19th centuries.
0: Okay, let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's go to the news. <laughs>
2: Uh, you learn things on news, this podcast, yeah.
1: That's right. We actually got a good review from from Shem. If you're listening, he said amazingly accurate legal talk, and then he said amazing talk about privilege with our last episode of Ryan Leach. So thank you, Shem, for the shout out. Uh, Glow, thanks for listening. Now the <laughs> first bit of news is, by the way, every time I tell people to come on the podcast, and this is this is this is not this is not a comment about you. It's just a very funny thing. Uh, it just. It, and I know, and I, it this tells me how my internet presence is because I like post about it. I tell people, oh, would you like to come on my podcast? And you know, we're at, this is episode nine. And the first comment is, uh, do you have a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, I yeah.
0: I said
1: yes. <laughs> I have a podcast.
0: Alexis texted me, I know we've had our problems, <laughs> would you want to do my podcast? And I said, what are you talking about? Of That's, course.
2: Glow, don't, don't take it personal. That's a form text message that <laughs> Alexis sends to everyone. Like,
3: this is how smart is I am. This? <laughs>
1: this is how smart I am. I knew that Glow would read that text on the podcast. <laughs> And that's why I said that to her. I I can't so I can't believe myself sometimes. I'm like you a me.
0: You brought up everyone's response so I could talk about what the text you sent me in my response. You yep. let you did that.
1: I, I hey you walked into my web. But, um... Okay, first bit of news. Um, look, we're paid to do the news here. Uh, if, in case you haven't heard, uh, former GOP presidential hopeful Herman Kane uh, died of the coronavirus he was 74 years old rest in peace to herman cain ah. and uh i think he went to that trump rally in tulsa without a mask and he survived stage four cancer i think he had stage four colon cancer uh almost 14 years ago it's ridiculous you know yeah to to be immunocompromised like that and to not wear a mask and in fact he was tweeting that people were hysterical over wanting to wear masks and look what happened.
2: Yeah, I knew something uh, bad had happened because Marco Rubio tweeted out a picture of Clarence Thomas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they know the Republicans because there's only three. They always know the black Republicans. <laughs> so it's like Ben Carson, Herman Cain and uh, uh, Clarence Thomas. I I always thought it was interesting when he was running that the, he, he, he jumped out to the front was that in 2012 that, that was it was
2: 2012 yes
1: He was probably popular among the Republican Party as their Obama probably right I don't
2: I don't think so. I mean his, his big thing was he was a, a sort of a tea party guy right? And I guess like the, he, like, no,
1: he he wanted federal taxes. It he wanted, well he, wanted, well, he had,
2: well he had the nine 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 deal, right? Yeah. That was his his sort of big thing. I don't know. I think like it, he was never looked at as like a like the you know. I think of Obama as so being so cerebral and uh, and cool headed. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that they had that same perception of. Uh, of okay, Kane hold on a minute.
1: <laughs> no, that's not what I mean at all. They're both black. Oh, oh, that's Jesus!
2: I mean. Are you kidding me? I gave you credit. Oh my god. No, that's not what I <laughs> at all. Because no, I'm saying that you the truly, reason why
3: he
0: jumped. You truly gave him so much credit, and it's so funny to see you like, like, like Alexis is very clearly being problematic. of like, yeah, we had Obama, and they had Herman Kane. Oh my and God. you're like, uh, they have different techniques. And kind of <laughs> I don't think it's how- crazy.
2: This is how you well, end no. up collaborating with Proud Boys.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I mean either. I mean that the Republicans saw that there was a black president and they were so upset about it. And then they had this black candidate because he was in first place for a little bit.
2: Right, he, was, he was beat. very, very briefly a front runner.
1: Yeah. So I think that the fact that he was a black man, they were like, oh, well, we have a black man too. Like, go go for it because he came out of nowhere. And then, of course, the sexual harassment allegations came out and, and sunk his campaign. But and imagine, remember, remember those days when sexual harassment ca- uh, allegations. Uh, <laughs> well, he was black
0: too, though. You can't be a sexual harasser and black.
1: <laughs>
2: you
0: can't be both. I'm sure yeah. if he was a white man, it'd be for a time. Yeah, short.
2: it's okay, Alexis. Colombians are on the list yet. So, thank you. Thank you. And I'm white Colombian.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, and he. Died. Passed away from corona i was wondering if this would affect how people felt about the coronavirus but people just believe that pre-existing conditions first of all they believe nobody has pre-existing conditions and that if you have one you should just die that's what they believe
0: that's the what they believe. believe it's really really crazy so when i was 18 i'm gonna uh, drop a big secret on here when i was 18 I was a libertarian and uh, i went to that, that won't well. get out
1: trust me
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: that stays here it's
2: between you me alexis and shem. <laughs> shem
0: well shem don't tell no one uh no it's fine i i was a libertarian because i was studying economics and from time to time i like go on my professor's like blog post or whatever the fuck he posts on and he like posted an article about like survival of the fittest and how like that's just part of natural selection and i was just like how did i (laughs) how did i ever look at this man like he was a a smart person right uh but that's just what they believe they just believe this is part of natural selection then people gotta die they gotta die but they're but it's not that's the thing it's not part of natural selection it's very organized
1: (laughs) it's very organized and not only that they libertarians ignore this history of such complex government uh, organization long-term planning and they they go okay uh for, that, that doesn't count starting today
3: <laughs> the life that i
1: got from uh, you, you know the government and uh america or whatever it is years of subsidies that, and interference yeah thank you the life that i was given that doesn't count uh that that will just say that bygones be bygones (laughs) and now from now on it's like robbing a bank everyone's
0: equal everyone's equal i do remember one time i did trip up my teacher in class because he was talking about how civil rights is dumb and we should let people just pick the best person for the job and if it's a black person they don't pick them then that company's not going to be successful (laughs) or whatever because they're not picking the best person for the job uh and i was like uh but how do we teach people that black people are good at work if you don't force them to hire black people? And that's always my nice like, answer, too. He was like, ah, uh, uh, that's a really good point. <laughs> like, like, but, like, just couldn't, like, he's like, I, I don't know the answer to that, but that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'll think about that. And that was it. We never spoke about it again. But it was like one of those things Like, yeah, libertarians think, well, you hire the best person for this job. Like, how many of these companies have idiots at the helm of it? Millionaire yep. idiots who aren't the best at the job, but they just have money to do it and money to fail.
2: Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a yeah. cocoon that uh, that kind of preserves the uh, you know the hapless CEO. I, I could never get into uh, libertarianism because I've always I've come around to the idea that it's, it's basically just like a self defeating premise because the entire thing is like oh you we're going to limit government and the way we're going to do that is by making the government so powerful that it can limit itself. Uh, it's like punching yourself in the nuts <laughs>
0: oh, It made so much sense As like me an 18 year old Like Latina who Just I didn't I couldn't see the world Past like Kissimmee, Florida And to hear like a man be like Pick yourself up by your bootstraps And and you can do anything you try If you work hard enough and you can make it And I was like okay yeah that makes sense to me And like slowly 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 I was like but hold on There's like racism and sexism And this is
1: I, I was just wondering. about to say that the thing you always ignore when you're a lo- young libertarian, and if you're a young libertarian listening right now, is the thing that you miss out on is that racists and, and sexists and, you know, traditionalists and conservatives, they have ulterior motives. They want life to be a certain way. And they know that they have the government standing in their way. They don't want it to be a libertarian country. They want it to be an ultra-orthodox Christian country or whatever, you know, they want it to be a traditional Christian country. And that's the, the, they'll pull the rug out under you as soon as they they get uh, uh, the old uh, uh, Bill of Rights get taken away. Um, Another funny uh, libertarian argument that I sometimes hear is, you know, when people say that women are paid 70 cents on the dollar, they go, well, then why don't companies hire all women and just pay them 70 cents on the dollar? And you have to... You have to walk them through how, what it's like to work at a company because they actually don't even know a lot of these people. They have no clue what it's like to work know. at a company. And what you work in a company, you have these people, mostly men, making a certain amount of money to do a job. And then you, as a, a woman or a person of color or whatever, will, may work your ass off to then get that job and do it alongside them. But instead of making what they're making, You make way less. And then, to top it off, if they're going to fire somebody, hey, you know what? Maybe they go with your idea, but they're probably not. They're probably going to fire the woman or the person to call her and keep that other person making that amount of money. So, again... Maybe if we start from scratch and we have this weird blueprint world that you that you want to create, maybe it would work that way. Where it's like, I need a hundred people. I'll hire seventy uh, percent, a hundred <laughs> hire women and just pay them seventy percent. But that's not the way companies work. Companies are very uh, diverse. There's typically people. You need people with experience. You need people with different uh, abilities. And then what happens is again the same thing happens where you start to see people get paid less than their. People, other people. So if
3: anyone yeah.
2: needs Lexus this weekend, he'll be setting fire to the local post office, <laughs>
0: <laughs> getting this reset started. Just starting it. <clears throat> I mean, the post office is fucking up right now. Isn't Trump doing shit to like fuck up the post office? Yeah, they're, they're in the
2: news. Yeah, they're trying to. Yeah, basically, there's sort of an insane pension obligation uh, that uh, years ago, basically, Republicans said that the post office, unlike. Every other uh, branch of government has mm-hmm. to prepay its uh, pension obligations, and so obviously uh, it's very, very expensive. Uh, and so as a result, the you know the post office has basically indicated that it its operations are going to be in jeopardy uh, if it has to continue under this uh, the sort of the threat of uh, of this obligation. And basically, like the Republicans saying, "Like, well, you know, if you can't do it, then like maybe you know that's a, a good enough reason just to privatize the uh, the post office. Let
1: FedEx do it.
2: Let FedEx do it. Uh, but of course, the problem with that is it, it leads to a massive disruption of service
1: uh, for for poor people. Not uh, even just disruption, but even just the elimination." Of service, there's many cities and towns where you can't get DHS or 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 or,
0: yeah. or, or,
1: or a FedEx or whatever or, or UPS. So, <laughs> well, whereas the up whereas the USPS and that's part of the pro, part of the reason why it's so expensive is they serve everybody and they serve them as soon as possible. Other companies, they will be like, "Oh, you want this letter sent here?" Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> or they'll be like, "Okay, maybe in a month." And so they are able to choose the good amount of service you get, whereas, again, the post office uh, tries to give the level same service to everybody.
2: To some extent, it it kind of reminds me of uh, sort of what's going on with air travel. Uh, Like, essentially, the the vision that Republicans have uh, is uh, a system that's set up where it's a lot of uh, private operators, uh, you know, that have some incentives to, like, offer service throughout the country – Uh, but for the most part can kind of like pick and choose the, the packages and the level of service that they offer people based on price. Uh, And then they're also free to, uh, you know, throw in uh, incentives or disincentives for certain kinds of services. So.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's because like the idea of having, being a libertarian and like my libertarian brain, which I'm not anymore, but like (laughs) the idea of having a privatized, because, okay. So the thing about privatization that is, like ideal and icon like and that makes it like so uh like yummy or whatever like delicious is that I could the power of the consumer and that's what I was really into when I was a libertarian was like I have the power to put my money where I want to put it and like libertarians are supposed to be anti-monopolies or like we're supposed to be we're supposed to have the consumers supposed to have a lot more power but what's turning out to be the truth is that we have actually no power and we're kind of slave to these industries that we have to shop at or like consume from because they have tarnished every small company out there that can do the same thing better or whatever They're, they they've like burned everything to the ground and now we have to like go to go to like fucking Spirit Airlines and get screwed over cuz it's the cheapest flight there is and then you get there and your fucking flight is cancelled and you have to spend an extra night in Detroit because you <laughs> <conspiracy> <laughs> decided to cancel your flight and you had to wait in yeah. a line full of like 300 people that their the, flight got cancelled the than consumer that.
1: doesn't have much power None. the consumer doesn't have much power period what happens is industries and, and uh, oligopolies they have power by working together to limit service agreeing to do certain things so that they don't hurt each other. And also if they have the money to create the products. So if somebody's like, well, they don't service black people. Well, you know, just get a black person who's rich and to build a company and to service them and then he'll make money. Well, you need capital, okay? And not everybody has yeah. the capital to build businesses out of nowhere.
0: And like not everyone could be Amazon to like sell shit under the, the price at cost or at lower than cost no one not everyone has that power to to like fucking eat that cost until the other distributors disappear and then raise your prices on people not everyone can do that
1: yeah walmart when they introduced the pharmacy it's i think it might have been walmart i think it was a walmart when they introduced the pharmacy for the first time in the 90s they ran at a loss uh for years in towns until the local pharmacies went out of business. Same thing, which is a trick that CBS and Dwayne and Reed were doing as well, basically using the the big uh, pot of money that they have to just lose money until they're, until the rivals are out. Then what they do is they raise the price.
2: There you go. That's what UCB tried to do the Triple Crown, too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and the Triple Crown won. Triple Crown won.
2: It still standing.
0: The Triple Crown won. It's really terrible. I I think back like, because, you know, the people I know that used to work at Walmart making $7 an hour and they had to be on food. When I worked at Whole Foods when I moved to New York, I worked at Whole Foods and the amount of people and so this is, it was during the era before they sold to Amazon. It was Back when the the owner wrote this book Called Conscious Capitalism And everyone was like super into His conscious capitalism And I was too because I was still coming off of my Libertarian years I was like <laughs> 22 And I was like I don't know if I'm a libertarian Still but there's a lot that I still kind of jive With um, And it, he like had this book Conscious Capitalism it's, uh, it's this utopia Whole foods where we make sure We give money to like the underdog And we have like these distributors And everyone has like If you, if you sell enough in your thing, you can make a percentage of what you're selling and the buyers. And then like, we all have, it's like this thing. And it was like this beautiful utopia. And then I started working there and it was like, yeah, like let the white person call you the N word. And you're (laughs) day
2: one. That's in the company manual. That's that's (laughs) in the company manual. Jesus.
0: I mean, it happens a lot and people would be pissed and they would be like, hey, You can't yell at customers so go to the back and just like breathe and relax but like you know still serving the customer and letting the customer walk out fine uh, after calling someone the n-word and like the amount of times friends of mine would like get in people's faces and be like don't fucking talk to me like that because i had like that is truly what broke me and i have never been treated the way i was treated when i was a cashier at whole foods at Columbus Circle. So like half of it was like this conscious capitalism we care about people and we care about our communities and we care we care we care. And the other half was like but you're letting people abuse us and treat us like shit and also the the culture of the of the, of the job was like you're so lucky you work here we're paying you a buzz minimum wage you're making ten dollars an hour yeah. <laughs> and other jobs they only make seven and you're making three oh extra dollars so you better fucking suck our dick is really what it felt like you better be on your knees gobbling up our dick i was like, <laughs> yeah. like this is a, that's also the manual it's also it's also in the manual It was like this is a pretty good job but it's not the best job ever yeah uh Man, that broke me. I will never ever. I think because when I started Whole Foods, I was like, I like customer service. I like taking care of people. I really like it. I'm from Florida, I'm from Orlando, and those white people. Oof! They called one of my friends uh, had a bow in her hair, and they were like, "You look so pretty. You look like a house N word to her."
2: Wow, as a compliment? Yeah, as apparently, a
0: compliment, and they said the word.
3: Oh no, oh.
0: And Whole Foods did nothing for these yeah. people. That's awful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so the, I your, your boss, myself, your boss doesn't
1: care about you. Yeah. Your they don't care.
0: care. They don't care yeah. about the employees and people. Like when pe- people don't know how hard it is to work retail and to have like people literally squash you down and make you feel like you don't matter.
3: Yeah.
0: But I don't oh, know. My well, God. well, I'm sorry <laughs> you went through that. Did I make it too serious? Is this a podcast? No, of the no, I, yeah,
1: that's okay. I mean, we We're start not... with Herman Cain's death. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> <laughs> let's no, talk about Florida.
0: <laughs> let's, let's talk
1: about Florida. Yeah. Florida had record 257 deaths yesterday.
0: Oh, yes. What is
1: going on with Florida Glow? Tell me, what's what's your family doing down there? Can you tell them to stop?
0: I've, I've tried. I've tried. Because I went to Florida in June, and I remember towards the end of it, I was like, at aldi's or something and i was like looking around and i was like i need to get the fuck out of here because people yeah. weren't wearing masks and they were grilling me super hard for wearing a mask i kept getting dirty looks and uh it was it's just part of the culture like they're fully completely brainwashed i'm sorry i can't be funny in this podcast
3: <laughs>
1: no that's fine <laughs> we're fully- gonna put sounds uh, when, whenever you say <laughs> something like, okay
0: uh, my family, before, when I got there, they were like, well, you know, you were in New York, and things are different here. It's not like New York. New York is bad, and here is is, is better. And that was, like, the culture. And I think that was a culture everywhere. I don't think it was just Florida. I think no. the rest of the country is like, well, you know, in New York, they're seeing it because they're on top of each other, but we don't see that. Um, so people are being wild. and that's why only, only that. It only it, takes one
1: person. It only takes one person to be in the room.
0: It only takes one person to be in a room to infect everybody. Yeah. And... I told my sister, I was like, are you going to put the girls back in school? And she was like, yep. And I went, okay, I guess. I can't not convince you.
1: There was <laughs> a big, culture about, there was a big um, culture about how, culture, there was a big hullabaloo about how big Florida, how good Florida was doing because they had an article in the Federalist, I believe, where they said, well, when does Ron DeSantis get his apology? Because he was keeping everything open. And it turned out that was a little early. Because they're up to seven thousand deaths right now. Yeah,
0: it's fucked over there. My my sister works at the hospital. She's like, does and she told me that they were like they were out of rooms. That they're starting to put people in hallways. Yeah. Uh, but she but she also keeps being like, it's better today. It's actually not as bad as you think. Like, yeah, we did have a lot of deaths, but like, it's people that have been vented for months. So it's like, it's not. It's, it's not as bad as you think. It's just people that have been vented for a long time. Yeah, the nurses uh, are still
1: doing funny TikToks.
2: Yeah, the
0: nurses <laughs> are the still phase doing funny end. TikToks. That, my, yeah, cousin,
1: <laughs> my cousin is a, I think it's called, he's an ENT, ear, nose, throat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said that um, he's so tired. He's, a, He works in the hospital. He's so tired. And he now, he has less patience with people, you know, the CE patients, because... He's just like I can't keep doing this you guys can't keep getting sick going out and doing stupid things and getting sick he just finds himself losing his temper and but again it's just the, the hospital is flooded they're just overwhelmed and you know he doesn't know he doesn't know when it's gonna end he said the nurses are just exhausted they're they're mentally exhausted
0: in New York your your cousin's a doctor you
1: no know, he works in Florida he was in Miami. Oh really mm-hmm.
0: I don't know Disney did Disney close again? Disney opened, like, they just aren't, even though the the news in Florida is coming out, they have not pulled back on their restrictions at all. The restrictions keep opening up. They keep going out. They keep doing things. They're going to restaurants. It doesn't make any sense. (sighs) (laughs) Fucking DeSantis. That fucking piece of shit. I was so upset when he fucking won.
1: Yeah.
0: I wanted Gillum so bad.
1: Well, now we reap what we sow. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we reap what we sow do we think uh, is this one of the topics you're going to bring up because do we think that Trump is going to not want to leave
1: office
0: uh, uh, as Latin people as Latin people where do you stand
2: well we've, we've taken so many bets at this point on uh, what will Trump do or, or not do I don't know I'm I i I'm really hoping uh, he's not stupid enough to risk a constitutional crisis after he's lost um Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think he's going to pull some shit. I don't know. I'm, I'm personally convinced based on what I'm saying. Like, I think he's preparing for a post office. This is post office branding. Like that's the way that I see it. Not post office is in your local post office, (laughs) the one that Alexis burns down. Mm -hmm. But I mean, when he, when he leaves office, I think he's planning like, you know, this is, this is him getting ready to is prepping the brand essentially. Like I agree. I I think he's going, he's, you know, he sees the exit and his thing is going to be, you know, the president who was wronged.
3: I agree. Uh, and I
1: think, I think he not only will leave, he will leave early. I think he will just be like, maybe he'll do some pardons or whatever. He'll probably stay president, but he'll just get out of the fucking White House and just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with that shit.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like November, he just like start dipping out. Yeah. Just checking out, not helping. <laughs> fucking Biden though. Like, what?
1: Yeah, sorry. He's your president. He's your president. He's going to come up and give us a little kiss, a
0: little
2: kiss on the ear. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, think of him as an Alexis, yeah, if you will. Exactly. Just not remember, as, good as Remember the body.
1: way I used to treat everybody at UCP. <laughs> That's Biden. That with power. Is he going to start wearing <laughs> <the> scarves? <laughs> <laughs> Is he going
0: to start wearing oh, little scarves? Little, yeah. Oh little ascots. Well, then,
1: you know that's where I hide my the kisses I get. <laughs> that's Right? Okay, because Daddy gets kisses too sometimes. Oh
0: uh, yeah, yeah, let's like, stop. From this. mommy
1: and Daddy's other friends. Now, finally,
0: <laughs> our unemployment
1: benefits ran out. I'm not unemployed. I am an instructional designer, but uh, you know I don't know how everybody else is doing. But uh, our unemployment benefits ran out, and the Senate decided not to work. That's crazy. What bad form?
0: They're striking. Are they striking?
1: No, they're just not going. They just took the day off or the week off. They uh, like. they took recess, yeah. It's odd how often they take recess. I, I one part of it is because of elections. They 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 do each other a favor. They do recesses so they can go back and campaign. But the, it's interesting how they don't care about timing. It's almost like they always take the bullet together. Like unemployment benefits are running out. All right. Well, let's all let's nobody go. Nobody go to work. Let's all you know. Let's all do each other a favor. And I think it's because they're all friends. At I think the end they of the day. are
0: all friends. I mean, if you think about your office culture, I think that is what the problem is. That's what, like, the patriarchy and, like, systemic racism. Everyone thinks it's just, like, this foreign concept that happens in, like, back rooms with, like, Jeff Bezos and, like, (laughs) these people. And, like, that's not what it is. It's, like, tiny little microaggressions and tiny little, don't worry, I got your back, bro. Don't worry, bro, I got your back. That, like, builds to this, like, giant thing. So, yeah, they probably are, like... Let's fucking take the week off. We'll deal with this later. The Americans yeah. don't have any money, but who cares? We gotta take a a little week. You gotta take care of yourself, Alexis. Yeah. You know? You gotta take care of yourself.
1: <laughs> self-care. It's a self-care, self-care weekend. Care.
2: It's we're, a
0: self-care we're all weekend. Oh, yay, yay.
1: We're all poverty. We're all Poverty. We're yeah.
2: all well, so, because, like, what... When- last i checked the sticking point is the the republican plan is basically we just we want to pay people 70 percent of their salaries because the you know they felt the 600 uh extra 600 bucks a week was too generous correct
1: yes yeah that makes me laugh though because a lot of people 70 percent of their salaries that's also going to be their salary when they go back to work (laughs) they're not getting their old salaries they're getting they're getting less what are you talking about? What do you think? Do you think like people who are making like sixty thousand dollars are going to get that now? It's, it's a buyer's market. It's a, it's a boss's market. Yeah, and, and, the,
2: yeah. The last unemployment numbers had uh, approximately one third of the uh, the American workforce, which is about one hundred fifty million people. So, and I think it's like something like sixty million people are out of work. Uh, they, they think they yeah, and they sort of think that like, well, you know, if we go away and we come back, and you know, if people go a week without these things, you know, we'll give it to them on the back end, and they'll be fine. And they'll be it's fine. Like, yeah, it's
0: a Boston market.
1: It's a Boston market. <laughs> 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 they can um, they can just borrow from their rich parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's one
2: less improv practice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there
0: you go. But that is what this... it is, right? It yeah. it all circles back to the beginning of like rich people don't know what poverty is they don't fucking know they just yeah. don't get it they can't wrap their fucking little teeny brains around like what actual struggle is
1: you can borrow money that's what they always think you can borrow money that's yeah what
0: What did that, that 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 terrible jewish guy who ben the shapiro. libertarian ben shapiro he's like if they pay you that little then don't take the job and it's like yeah what do you mean yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: I got to eat, my friend. Just start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I no one
3: knows
1: really you're funny. short
2: on a podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I read this really funny article uh, about Silicon Valley, and they had cutbacks, too, because of the um, pandemic. Aww. And they said that part of how they get people to work in Silicon Valley is not their salary, but telling people you're part of the family and that you'll never be kicked out of the family. And that now that people are getting laid off from companies the workers who are staying or whatever have been laid off are going to their bosses. and They're like, wait a minute, I thought we were a family and you're laying (laughs) off members of the family. Should I, should I be paid more for my job? Like, you know, I thought the trade off was that I wouldn't get laid off, but now it looks like I am getting laid off. If you're, if, and again, all their bosses are super rich. That's the funny part about like Silicon Valley. Like, like it's their their bosses aren't making like one hundred fifty thousand, working, you know, living like next door to them. Their bosses are all super. They're like the multi billionaires. Like yeah, point 0.1%ers or whatever. And uh, their their bottom line shrinks very little. By the way, way way smaller than our bottom line shrinks when we get laid off or we get a car accident or something like that. If you're poor. It's not just about not getting money coming in. It's about the all the little incidents that add up from being poor that end up costing you money on the back end. If you have a if you're poor and you can't afford a car and it breaks down three times, well, there's a thousand dollars right there out of your out of your wallet, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they they see these super rich people who their bottom line just shrinks just a little bit, and they think, oh, if they were nice, they would eat that cost. And not pass it on to their employee. And guess what? <laughs> guess what? Uh, it's in the mail. Uh, you're fucking fired. <laughs> and it's late. <laughs>
0: and it's late. And oh, yeah, you're fired. Here's a severance uh, package. But uh, we need to make sure you send us all the shit that we lent you before we can. All the computers, all the stuff that you got, <laughs> you got to send it back and then we'll give you the severance check, which is like, wow.
2: Oh, and sign our, yeah, our, um, yeah, our uh, hold, yeah, hold, hold harmless agreement as well.
1: Uh, <laughs> or you can't. Like a family would. It it <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish a family would. I know when I get famous, oh my God, the shit that's going to come out about me. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> I... It's, it's so crazy because I, I can't understand why they think they need more than a billion dollars. Why anyone in the world would think they need more than a billion dollars. It's a
1: game to them, Glum. It's a game it's to them. It's just a
0: yeah. game. It's just a and number. losing money
1: is, yeah. Losing money is like them losing. And then they're just, they want to win.
0: I can't wrap my brain around that. Because they can forego forgo getting paid ever again. And they are yeah. still winning. Like If it's a game to them, you can still be like, my business acquired this much money that I shared with my employees like that could be the game but the game instead is like look how much money <laughs> i'm hoarding <laughs> oh my
3: god
1: well they okay. always say that rich people when they get a yacht they want a super yacht when they get a super yeah. yacht they see a guy with like a super mega yacht and they want that they always want to climb the ladders they're never never really happy they get they get past a certain point of wealth and then it's no longer about survival it's about Domination.
2: Yeah, I think there was a study done and I believe it was done in the Scandinavian countries uh, where they said that uh, once you hit uh, around $50,000, money no longer uh, result additional money. It was
1: 70,000. It was
2: 70,000. Okay, 70,000, maybe adjusted for inflation or something. But yeah, basically any money after that point does not improve your your happiness. And there starts to be a negative correlation actually with money at that point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I think, uh, you know, maybe those guys need to read this study and listen to this podcast. <laughs> and maybe, just yeah. maybe, we'll
1: make the place. Did I, did I talk, talk about my billionaire story? Maybe I shouldn't talk about this. Uh, it's here, I it's met here. a billionaire and uh, maybe he wasn't quite in billions, but he was really rich. And uh, I went to a party at his house. And on the way there, I was just like, this is going to be insane. Like, I've never met anybody who had six seven eight he had eight nine nine figures nine figures if it's nine right before point, billion yeah. yeah so he had nine figures and i was just like that is incredible that's incredible well and uh we get to his house and uh he uh first thing he says to me is did anybody bring any beer or liquor and i said no <laughs> <laughs> and i just enjoyed water for the rest of the night it
2: was a B- he had a BYOB. <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. be?: No,
2: definitely. You went house. to
0: his home. You uh, went to his home. My God! And he didn't have any beverages for anyone.
2: He, did he at least fill the ice cube trays?
0: <laughs> like not even a juice or a Coke.
1: Now that I, now that I'm thinking about it, I feel like somebody else I knew brought something so maybe but he didn't have anything he definitely was like low. was
2: this a, do you befriend a billionaire who's in his freshman year of college <laughs>
1: <laughs> i wish freshman year billionaire is more fun
0: uh, freshman him. year billionaire let's write the movie us three. oh my go. gosh please, what a great idea knowing this group
1: please Judd. welcome
2: to the stage freshman billionaire <laughs> oh my god Judd. Judd. Judd.
0: produce it
1: jod uh,
2: jod right, produce we- it
0: It's a young it's like a Richie Ridge boy, but he's a freshman in college and he is pretending to be poor, but he's blowing a bunch of money. It's just
1: the Facebook movie (laughs) by the way. Social network. I didn't see
0: the Facebook movie.
1: Really? I didn't. It's it's good.
0: I mean, but we don't know a billionaire, but we know a a relative of a billionaire. Should we? Should I (laughs) say (laughs) that?
1: And we'll close it there. Glow um
3: <laughs>
1: Where can we see you if anything? Where are you performing next? What theaters?
0: Oh, nowhere. Nowhere. You can't see me anyway. I might do a show here and there, but I don't know.
1: Yeah. You can see I don't, me. I don't maybe. really want to do shows other than this one, I don't really. I don't really have a really big I slots.
0: they're extremely difficult to do. They're extremely difficult. It feels so pointless. Um, yeah. It's
1: almost like and, the way you felt about real shows. <laughs>
0: You know, towards the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think real shows I, had value because you could like feel an audience. You know, I yeah. what I would give to feel feel the energy of an audience.
1: I, I wrote this recently, but um, one of the things that always cracked me up was, uh, and this happened like several times. I'd be invited to do a show by somebody, and typically like a big time comedian, and I'd say, "Yes, absolutely, I'll do the show." And then he'll go, "Great," because I'm doing a prank where 800 people perform. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like oh damn it wonderful i
0: know i like i would get invited to these shows and they're like we're doing a show that celebrates women in the middle of brooklyn and i live in Manhattan, in like up like way way uptown and um, wow. showtime i'm like
1: glow time.
0: <laughs> showtime i live in fucking washington heights and i've lived in the same apartment for eight years uh but they'll be like yeah uh i also try that oh yeah, we're going to do the show that celebrates women And it's deep, deep in Brooklyn That's going to take you an hour and a half to get there You get one minute And I'd be like, no, no <laughs> What do you mean you get one minute We're just doing like 50 women and they all get a minute I'm like, I'm not going to fucking Bushwick To perform that's for one minute
1: 50 women doing one minute is how uh, uh, Misogynists celebrate women <laughs> <laughs> All the guys yeah, get, a, get, get a, minute a minute and 20 now. seconds <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wow, second best does. D&D. Uh, d
0: podcast.
1: Yeah. So check that out. Check it uh, out. Alex, it's fun. Alex, we always let you go. We always end every podcast. Glow, you know this very well. Alex, we always end with your final word. My final Alex, word. Alex, what is your final word Before,
2: today? Well, it's usually a final thought. Uh, oh, that's
1: right. I'll give you a whole thought. I'll give you okay. a whole thought
2: here. I well, don't listen this to this is, podcast This is a master class uh, exercise for all the, all the listener at home. Um, I want you to take out a sheet of paper I want you to write the three names of the most famous people that you know directly. And by the time you finish that list, you have a pilot, unless one of the names is Alexis Pereira. <laughs> okay.
1: I'm taking that out. I'm sorry.
2: I'm
3: not putting no. that in. I'm not
1: putting that out on. You
0: have to put I it in and
3: absolutely tweet it at
2: It's good advice. <laughs>